Hey, this is Sarah Wyman. I originally produced this story about the Ohio Earthworks back in June of 2021. And since then, this story has continued to unfold. You'll hear near the end of this episode that the case of the Ohio Earthworks made it all the way to the Ohio Supreme Court. And finally, a year and a half after hearing that case, the Supreme Court just announced a decision here in December 2022. I will circle back after the piece is over to fill you in, and we'll give John Lau a call about the news. Stick around. Mound Builders Country Club is a golf course in Newark, Ohio, about 45 minutes east of Columbus. As far as golf courses go, this one is pretty straightforward, except for one thing. All around the course, there are these large mounds, six feet tall. It's hard to tell what's going on with them from the ground, but if you were looking down at them from the sky, you would see geometric perfection. One mound is a perfect circle, and another is a gigantic octagon. They run across 11 of the course's 18 holes. The Mound Builders Country Club was built here in 1910, but these mounds were built here long before that. They are line segments in a work of art, built from the earth by an indigenous society dating back to 100 BC. These earthworks are part cathedral, part cemetery, and part astronomical observatory. This place that may have been for purification now is a putting green. I'm Sarah Wyman, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're heading to Newark, Ohio, to experience a mind-blowing example of human genius and creativity that survived for thousands of years. The story of the people who built it and the people working to preserve it after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. (laughs) 
it's 300 AD. The mounds have already been here for at least 100 years. There are no settlers here. All of North America is home to native tribes. Ohio is this forested landscape that is really just primordially wild. Cedric Rose is a writer based in Ohio. There were definitely massive swaths of unbroken woodland. You hear these anecdotes of a, a squirrel being able to travel from one side of Ohio to the other without touching the ground. But in some spots, where the Ohio River Valley cuts through the trees, there are pockets of prairie. Natural clearings that are like windows for humans to look up into the sky. And back then, there would have been no city lights. The night sky would have been the infinite made visible. The Milky Way, and just like limitless depth. It would have been, I think, just an exciting place. John Lau is an associate professor at Ohio State University and a citizen of the Pokagon Band of Potawatomi Indians. His ancestors lived on this land, under this night sky. I've often heard from elders when I was growing up in my community that those stars all represented other tribal nations. We knew that there were other peoples up above us. You know, that uh, you look at the Milky Way, and that is the path of souls. Those are all of our ancestors traveling to the next world. And so, you know, it always felt very interconnected to me. Thousands of years ago, members of Native American tribes came here from all over the continent. What we know about these people, we've learned from the artifacts they left behind. Copper from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, shells from both the Gulf Coast and the Atlantic Ocean, obsidian from Yellowstone. To archaeologists, this suggests they weren't all part of just one tribe, but they communicated with each other. They traded and had some of the same values and traditions. Archaeologists call the period of history they lived in the Hopewell era. It started around 100 BC and lasted for around 500 years. By comparison, the United States of America is only about 250 years old. So that should give you some idea of just how much staying power the Hopewell culture had. These were egalitarian societies that created these earthworks. There was nobody ordering other people to build this stuff. It was all a community effort. They dug up huge mounds of dirt and moved it one basket at a time to create two gigantic shapes, a perfect circle and an octagon. Two parallel lines connected them, like an aisle. The whole thing covered about 70 acres of land, and they were part of a larger complex of earthworks in Newark that covered four square miles. And the point of this wasn't just to make something big or beautiful. It's very easy to track the sun because it moves in a 24-hour cycle, but the moon moves in an 18.6-year cycle, and they wanted to figure that out. There's one big mound at the bottom of the circle where you can stand facing east and look straight down the aisle. You would be looking down the length of the entire earthworks off to what we suspect there's some trees in the way right now. But what we suspect was the optimum place to view 
the lunar alignments, and that's why it's called Observatory Mound. The people who built the earthworks could have used stone if they wanted to, or wood, but they chose dirt. There's sort of a Western predisposition of, come on, it's dirt. You know, and what do we do when we come home? We wipe the dirt off our shoes, right? Wash your hands, they're dirty. But Indians, we have a familial relationship with the earth. It was a family member. It was an ancestor. These Hopewell-era builders, they wanted to hug the world. You know, they wanted to embrace it and keep it close. John Lau believes the earthworks were used for all kinds of important events. Naming ceremonies, funerals. They may have been schools, places of teaching, storytelling, and learning. But they were also places of pilgrimage. You can imagine through these six gates, different clans coming together in the middle, hundreds or thousands of people coming to join whatever ceremonies and rituals that they had uh, planned. Around 400 AD, the Hopewell era came to a pretty abrupt end. Archaeologists aren't sure what happened, but they do know a new civilization took over. For centuries, indigenous people continued to live in and around the earthworks, but they didn't use them in the same ways people had during the Hopewell era. Then, in the 1700s, European colonizers arrived from the West. And in the 1800s, treasure hunters started looting the earthworks. There were really, you know, accounts have them sort of just digging as quickly as they can, putting the artifacts in barrels and shipping the barrels off. This is Cedric Rose again. He lives in Ohio and has always been fascinated by the buried history in his home state. That's what led him to write an article about the earthworks. Sometimes I think they just left behind trenches or big holes where they hastily backfilled where they had dug without really, I think, full regard for the the shape, the original shape of the earthworks. After this wave of looters came the armies who pushed the Native Americans out and the settlers who flattened the earthworks to build their homes. In Newark, they built a glass factory, a mall, houses, roads, and industrial parks. It's actually a miracle that any of the earthworks survived. East Shoshone Tribe, this is Chief Kwana. Hey, Chief Kwana, this is Cedric in Cincinnati. Okay. A couple of years ago when I was working on this story, I talked to a woman named Chief Glenna Wallace, who is the first woman chief of the Eastern Shawnee. I live right on the Missouri-Oklahoma line, so my tribe is in Oklahoma, but I'm within three minutes commute. Chief Glenna's tribe, the Eastern Shawnee, are originally from Ohio. I had never heard of Newark Earthworks, Uh, didn't know it existed, had never read anything about it. It's worth mentioning here that Chief Glenna knew an exceptional amount about other wonders of the world. I spent almost 40 years as a community college instructor. For a while, she chaired her college's fine arts department. As part of that job, she organized two international tours every year. She's seen the Great Wall of China, the Roman Colosseum, the Egyptian pyramids. And then 
In 2007, she attended a lecture at Ohio State University. And uh, the requirements of that lecture series is that the next day, the person who gives that lecture and as many people who wish go out to Newark Earthworks. I simply could not believe what I was witnessing. Oh, my. Oh, my. It, it was indescribable, and I, I could not... I could not believe, and I must have gone through 20 emotions within two to three minutes, because at first it was, I was, I was thrilled, I, I was, I could not believe uh, the grandeur that I was experiencing, and then I became angry. The day that uh, we went there happened to be a day that they were having a golf tournament and we were not received well. The club opens up the earthworks to the public four days a year. Chief Glenna was not there on one of those four days. They complained and shouted the entire time, telling us to get back, get away, leave. We were not welcome. It was awful. It was awful. I could not believe that Something that was built for religious purposes was being treated the way it was, and there was a golf course there, and I I went from being ecstatic to being angry to being almost feeling as if I had been violated all within two to three minutes. How can my people always be referred to as savages when something this majestic, this, this scientific, this just so much intelligence that had to be involved in doing this, how could my people all be considered only as savages? And I vowed I, I would not be silent about that. John Lau, who we heard from earlier, is also the director of the Newark Earthworks Center at Ohio State University. And he shares Chief Glenna's frustration, but he also acknowledges a sort of complicated appreciation for the golf course and what it's done for the earthworks. The rest of it's all been built upon, destroyed. And so at least by having it maintained as a golf course, it's recoverable, it's, uh, has a potential then for being a what we're hoping to be a UNESCO World Heritage Site. John and Chief Glenna are both involved in the effort to designate the Earthworks a UNESCO World Heritage Site. This would put the Earthworks alongside other World Heritage Sites, like the Acropolis, Machu Picchu, and the Taj Mahal. That would help protect them permanently and make them more visible to people outside of Newark, Ohio. But there is a small caveat. For the Earthworks to qualify for UNESCO protection, they need to be fully accessible to the public. And that means they cannot be part of a private golf course. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Our first case this morning is 2020-191, State XREL Ohio History Connection versus the Mound Builders Country Club Company. That is audio from the Ohio State Supreme Court, which heard the case of the Newark Earthworks in April. A group called the Ohio History Connection is hoping to reclaim the land from Mound Builders Country Club. So far, courts have ruled in their favor, but the Country Club has appealed to the state Supreme Court. At the time of publishing this episode, the court had not yet reached a decision. 
We reached out to the Mound Builders Country Club, and it did not return our request for comment. It's easy to think about the Newark Earthworks as indigenous history, but it's also world history. This is one of the oldest stories our land, our dirt, has to tell about North America. And that story belongs to all of us. The people who built the mounds might even say it's part of all of us. I've brought elders from tribes who have come to these places, and they are visibly moved. I remember an elder telling me during one visit, remember how it works in Indian country, is these are not sacred sites because of what was built on them. The sacred came first before the human intervention. These places were always sacred and were sacred before the humans intervened. So that was the story as we reported it back in June of 2021. And this is a story that's really stuck with me. It's one I've continued to think about and follow in the years since we reported it. So much so, actually, that since we published this piece, I've literally been checking once a week to see whether there's been any news on the UNESCO nomination or the Supreme Court case. And earlier this month, in December 2022, it finally happened. The Ohio Supreme Court ruled that the Mount Builders Country Club has to surrender its lease to the Ohio History Connection. That means the country club would leave the site and the Octagon Earthworks would be one step closer to becoming a public park. In the meantime, the Newark Earthworks have also been officially nominated for UNESCO World Heritage status. These are both big developments for those involved in the effort to preserve the earthworks, including John Lau. Hello. Hi, John. This is Sarah Wyman. How are you doing? Hi. Good. How are you? I just wanted to check in since the news about the Earthworks came out. How does it feel? Well, it's very exciting. Uh, each victory does means that we go on to the next step. Any defeat would have been the end of the road to the octagon, you know, probably, until the lease was going to run out, which is not going to be within my lifetime anyways. Right. That would be in 2078, right? Right. So if I understand correctly, what happens next is that the case will go back to a local court, and then it's going to be up to that jury to decide how much the lease is worth. So how much the Ohio History Connection will pay to buy it back from the country club. Uh, I think the Ohio History Connection, which is on behalf of the state of Ohio, has been They've made an offer. Uh, the country club, I believe, has made a counter offer, and not unsurprising, uh, they are very far apart in um, how they value the lease. And so, what I suspect is that the at the trial court there will be there's people that value things for a living, uh, actuaries and other people. And so it'll be sort of a 
battle of experts as to um, what is that lease worth, how much compensation does the country club deserve, and hopefully it's an amount that is uh, within the ability of uh, the state of Ohio to move forward on this whole process, right? How are you feeling on the balance after this decision? I mean, would you say you're feeling optimistic about the process moving forward, or are you still kind of cautiously uh, cautiously optimistic? Well, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic that, uh, that it will get back to the trial court. Of course, then there's, I suspect that if the country club's not happy with the amount, they'll appeal that. So I'm thrilled, but my caution is, I guess, not so much caution as my excitement is tempered by the knowledge that uh, we've got a long ways to go yet. This is just the first of many, many, many steps. Right. But hopefully it won't take as long as the 90-year lease. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yes. Time is all relative, John. Yes, very good point. Yes. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a 2,000-year-old site, so it's been waiting for a while, and uh, it'll still be there. And uh, as an elder uh, uh, told me from the Pokagon Band, my nation, my tribe, and she pointed out that that space was sacred before the earthworks were built there. They continue to be uh, sacred the country club doesn't take away that sacredness, no matter how distressing or disturbing it is to watch golf carts running all over it. But it's not sacred because somebody built something on it. It was sacred and is sacred, was sacred, and will always be sacred. So that sacredness will outlast all of us, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's hard to sum it up better than that, I think. Thank you so much again. Sure. Okay. Thank you very much. Bye. Okay. Bye now. This episode would not have been possible without John Lau and Chief Glenna Wallace. And very special thanks to Cedric Rose, who brought this story to us and who helped in the reporting. Cedric's original article appeared in Cincinnati Magazine in July of 2019. We have a link to that article in the show notes for this episode. Thanks this week also to the extremely patient and kind Cheryl Cash and the adventurous Shauna Weirausch. If you want to learn more about the Newark Earthworks or help with the effort to get them recognized as a UNESCO World Heritage Site, you can visit worldheritageohio.org. That link is in the show notes. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. The production team includes Chris Naka, Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Dylan Therese, Manolo Morales, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was sound designed by John Delore and mixed by Luce Fleming. I'm Sarah Wyman. Thanks so much for listening. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. 
The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com. Three great words. Free, fries, Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Friday. Participating McDonald's through 12 31 excludes tax. Must update rewards.